Good morning. Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves. I'm one of the pastors here at Northview Community Church doing a podcast this morning with Thalia. Good morning. And Erin. Hello. Hello. We are here to uh, continue our bonus podcast, which is paralleling on with our sermon series that we're having here at Northview, but we want to tie it into a Netflix series. So why don't you just share which one, Thalia? We are going to talk a little bit more in a few minutes about 13 reasons why. It is blowing up the social media and all of the articles on the, on the internet. And so you've probably heard about it, and we're going to talk a little bit about it a little bit later. Yeah, because it is a natural tie-in to the last sermon that we just had, which was on the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. So we're going to explain why that's a good tie-in as we go, but we thought we'd throw that teaser out at the <laughs> beginning so that you keep listening. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> so we have been doing a story time series here at Northview. Just started off. Uh, Greg did the second sermon in the series in the Abbotsford campus, and um, he's going to do that same sermon in mission this coming week. Um, because we have Global Missions Weekend in both campuses alternating, and that's changing up what we do in each campus. So if you haven't heard the sermon yet, maybe if you're from the Mission Campus, maybe listen. wait until Monday to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to blow the whole story. Spoiler alert. That's right. Um, so basically, Greg walked us through the Good Samaritan parable, which is in Luke 10, 25 to 37. We're not going to take the time to read it at this point because it is a very familiar story to us. Right. Uh, to most people. But if you want to read it, go ahead. If you want to listen to the sermon before you listen to this podcast, go ahead. It's in Luke 10. Luke 10, 25 to 37. Um, In his sermon, Greg was basically making the point that uh, the whole context of this passage or the of the whole chapter in Luke 10 was contrasting people who listened to Jesus's words and people who didn't. And so he said the Good Samaritan parable, one of the main points of it is that it's pointing out Nicodemus as somebody that we should not follow our life after. Because he was, oh, sorry, not Nicodemus, but anyways, the Pharisee, the lawyer, in yeah. this, I don't know why I had Nicodemus in my mind, but the Pharisee and the lawyer in this passage who is um, questioning Jesus is something that we, sh- we shouldn't um, pattern our lives after, but we should instead listen mm-hmm. to him. Because the, the uh, lawyer was asking, who is it that we should love? And Jesus points it back to, instead of asking who we should love, um, we, that our lives should be patterned after asking how we can love people better. Right. Because in by doing asking this question, who we should love, uh, he's setting up fences and saying, I don't want to love people who are different than me. I, right. I want to know who I have to love and who I don't have to love. <laughs> right. And Jesus is saying, that's not the right question. We need to actually ask how we can love all people better. Because we like a framework. Yes. Okay. I want rules that I can check right. off. Yeah. And so the big point that Greg then spoke out of that passage is that we continually do this. We set fences around the th- people who we don't think we need to love. And so we don't need to love them. Uh, instead, we should be asking our questions is how we can love all people better. Mm-hmm. And so the three people or the three kind of groups of people that he identified, and there's more that we can talk about, but he said it's difficult for us to, or we set fences around kind of ethnic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we say people that are of different ethnic backgrounds, we don't need to love them the same way. Or people who have different sexual ethics than us. We don't need to love them the same way because they don't have the same maybe beliefs. Mm-hmm. And the third one was what? Okay. Oh, people have different faiths. Okay. So he used the example of the, the, the mosque in right. Quebec where they had the shootings the and say people mosque. kind of had negative reactions maybe against people of different faiths. Correct. And so those are the three barriers that he said in our society that we normally set up. 
So how do we walk past that instead of identifying people who are different and saying we don't need to love them to realize we need to love all with the love of Christ? Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit about why it's hard to love people, what we can do about that, and then again, how that, how that ties in with the Netflix show that's on. So why is it difficult? Why is this an issue that actually was poking people as Greg was talking? Because <laughs> yeah. it rings true. <laughs> I know. My daughter texted, we need to hear these words. Yeah. Yeah. We just very easily, we set up little walls around ourselves because we only have so much time. And so it's just easier to love the people in their immediate little circle. And they're usually people that are similar to yourself. Absolutely. It's more natural to hang out with people who are like us. Maybe the same age. Maybe we have kids the same age. Maybe we kind of look the same. Like if Crystal's wearing running gear and she wants to hang out with someone who's also wearing running gear because you just kind of naturally fit. It, it's normal for us to want to be with people who are like us. It's harder to be with people who we perceive to be not like us. That, that takes a step out of our comfort zone. Stretching. So it's yeah. a comfort issue. It's a selfishness issue. Oh, it's totally a selfish. That's, you know, me and many of us where it's easier to stay in our car than get out and collect your child from youth or from a birthday party because, well, I'd really just rather stay in the car and relax and listen to the radio or listen to my music or scroll through Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> I'd really rather do that. Or in the lineup, if you're waiting somewhere in a lineup, I'd really rather scroll through my mail, my email, my Instagram, rather than connect with the people around me or talk to the cashier. Yeah, it's just a easier, safer, oh, takes less effort. Takes less effort. You know, we have all these excuses. I'm tired. It's been a long day. I don't know them anyway. They seem occupied. They're fine. I just want to do my own thing. Yeah. At least that's what I say all the time for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we can be selfish with our time. We can think, like, I don't know if I want to engage with that person because what kind of time is that going to require of me? Yeah. Right. Even is hard it? conversations. I know that person's super abrasive and we are going to come up against something we don't agree upon and I can't slide past it because they'll be super in my face about it. So I'll just avoid them. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really want to get into those conversations. What other kind of barriers other than kind of ethnicity or sexual ethics or, or, um, there's often faith? a fear issue. Yeah. What will people think if I'm hanging out with that person? What will, will they think that I'm condoning that behavior, that I'm friends with that person, but that person they know is doing something in their life that's sinful or they obviously look like they're leading a, let's say, a rougher life. And I don't mean that that's bad. Oh, There's just yeah. a fear factor that, oh my goodness, somebody's going to see me there. Yeah. Or a fear even of that, of that person thinking that you're condoning them by being their friend, right? Yeah. So I think some people, like I've heard of some people who have friends who have maybe adopted a gay lifestyle and they've questioned, should I still be their friend? Because if I am, am I inadvertently condoning the right. way they're living or the way they're acting or those kind of things? And so it's a fear that if we engage in friendship, that we're giving a message that we don't want to give. Well, and if we take it closer to home, I meet with a lot of families who have a family member who's living with someone or leading a gay lifestyle or is pursuing transgender things or, you know, all these kinds of things that are a little bit scary and uncomfortable for us. And then they wonder, well, should I still have them over for family dinners? Because the rest of the family is going to think that I'm condoning their behavior when I'm not, but they're still family. Yeah. So right. please let's have them over. And we've uh, talked about that before, too, mm -hmm. like that hospitality, that showing love by, yeah. by sharing a table, by caring for physical needs, 
Yeah, because somebody we had recently listened to had said that we have sinners over for dinner or at our house all the time. All of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. Their sin is no different than mine. Christ died for all of us. And so let's have them over. But that's a tough thing to do to step out of our comfort zone of what's natural for us. Yeah. But that's what... (laughs) I mean, that's what Jesus was doing. Right? I know, like was, but I'm, that's what we're trying to identify. What are those false <laughs> barriers that we're putting up? But Jesus was constantly reaching out to people who are different. But we somehow put this barrier up and think that, that we don't have to do the same now, thing. Now, he was also speaking truth. He was speaking, he was caring for people, breaking those barriers, but also speaking truth. So there's this line we have to do, too, where and we're with people and showing hospitality and showing love that when the relationship is at an appropriate level, that we can say the piece of truth as well. Mm-hmm. But not to be afraid of what other people are going to think if we are seen with someone who's not quite like me. But that's my natural person part. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and we have to battle. Yeah. Well, listening to this sermon, well, maybe I just... the Pharisees were saying that too. Yeah. Well, listening <laughs> yeah. to this kind of sermon, I feel a huge measure of guilt. And I think of all the times in the past when I have not wanted to hang out with a person who looks different or I've perceived to be somebody I don't want to hang out with. So I just, I can see the people in my mind and I just <laughs> feel guilty, constantly Cringe. guilty. Well, yeah, and my parents are people that, to me, seem naturally drawn towards people who have different lifestyles and different ways of living. And they open their home and they are so hospitable and they provide food and they visit with them. But that's not natural for me. And I I watch them and I think, how come it's natural for you? And for me, it's a huge effort. And then I feel guilty for that. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be a pastor and I still feel guilty. (laughs) Well, obviously they have some giftings in that area, but they've also developed it. Yes. So they probably had some natural tendency away from it at some point and they I don't think so made <laughs> their case no I think okay. there are some people who are just naturally drawn to meet with people of all different walks of life but that, and that is harder let, for me and doesn't, doesn't let me off the hook, hook though, no, no no I am still called to that that's the whole point of the sermon is I'm called to care for and love the people around me whoever they happen to be yeah yeah that was the pokey part and that yeah. was the part we all need to hear uh-huh. yeah yeah so other are there other barriers like I think age is a barrier. We look at people yes. who are older than us and think, yeah, uh, yeah, that's like they're not the same as us, yeah. right? So we don't want to reach out that same way for or, me or younger. And like, yeah. yeah, for me, disability is often a barrier when someone has a disability and I don't know exactly how to approach them. You know, what do you say and how do you say it? And, you know, I don't necessarily know a lot about certain things. And so, like, for example, Brent, who runs our Imagine Ministries here, he's the pastor in that area. He's very helpful because he will tell me this is how you approach someone with this disability. And I've gone to him multiple times. And it's been so helpful because it's an area that I don't have a lot of experience in and I've had to learn. Hmm. What are some of your barriers? Well, language can be a big one. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're at a, your kid's school and you have a mom there that you know doesn't speak English well, uh, it's that extra effort. Do I want to make that extra effort to walk through? And is it they're going to feel uncomfortable? Am I going to feel uncomfortable? How do you break through those language barriers? Yeah, you know, there's a weird barrier is that it's looks. Sometimes we perceive someone to be very good looking and we think, oh, I don't want to hang out with them because they are so all that. They look good. (laughs) They are fit. They can do all these things. And I'm less than. So I don't think I'm even going to go over there. It's a very middle schooly attitude. I know. But I think it carries into adulthood. But maybe we have some people listening to who have kids in middle school. And I have one. And it's real. 
Yeah. That whole feeling of uh, those people look well, prettier than me. Well, we come to me. church and we realize, oh, that's the pretty crowd or <laughs> yes. that's the family that's all so connected and I can't get in, so I don't think I should even try. And I'm less than and they're better than me. And so we, we don't cross the barriers. We don't say we aren't warm and welcoming and we say hi and we, we withdraw. Yeah. So that's thinking that thinking better of others than ourselves and mm-hmm. then there's also the opposite of thinking worse of others I know. than ourselves. Yeah. Right. on both right. sides. I know. Yeah. Well, and then there's another thing too with like a lot of political correct conversations that happen in in the media. Um, it's sometimes builds up a fear in me to ask the questions that I would really like to ask people. So I listened to this podcast series about racism in Canada and it made me realize, oh, some of Apparently, some of those kinds of questions that I like to ask people who come from other countries <laughs> are offensive. Are really offensive, and I was so shocked by, and taken aback by that. And I thought, no, no, like my heart in that is actually I'd really like to know who you are. I've lived other countries. I understand being a stranger in a foreign land. Like I feel like I've got a heart to heart with you. We can talk about this. But it just shut me down. I felt like, well, I can't ask any of those questions now. Shoot, how am I going to get to know these people? Yeah. So sometimes, like, that's a natural fear. I've, Absolutely. I got caught off guard. Oh, crap. I've right. Been, like, and so then it's easier to withdraw into our phone. Center. I know. Then it's easier to withdraw into our phone, right. into our natural friends, into our kids. And, oh, we've got to go because we have this thing going on. And that's how it goes. So how do we combat this? Yeah. I think, first of all, it's a heart issue, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that we're willing to listen to, to feel the guilt, to feel the prong and the poke, um, are we willing to let God work on us yeah. and expand our circles? And for me, you might be surprised, but for me, it's still put your shoulders back, take a deep breath and put on a big smile and say hi, eye contact and remembering mm-hmm. names and being willing to talk to people of all different ages and mm-hmm. abilities, disabilities. Like it's an, it's an actual effort for me and it's always worth it. I'm always surprised at the end at how worth it is, but how much courage it takes in the, in moment. the moment. Yeah. And time. Yeah. Right. It takes time. So for me, like, hi, how are you? I try not to ask that unless I actually have time to hear what their response is. I'd rather I'd just say, hi, good to see you, because I don't always have time. But I think we should make time for people. Yeah. So it's a heart issue and it's an obedience issue. Yeah. Right. Deciding that we're this is a command in scripture that we need mm-hmm. to figure out how to love people. Yeah. So we need to actually be obedient to it and ask God to show us the practical right. ways. And there will be moments, right? Like people's moments in their life where they really need a helping hand. Yeah. So this this parable is speaking right to that, that there was this crisis in this yes. man's life and yeah. he needed a helping hand and all these people walked by, well, yeah. two, but people walked by and didn't help. And then the Samaritan comes along and helps in that moment of need. And we might not have time to reach out extensively to somebody on every day of the week or the year, but then then they have that crisis. If we already have a start of a relationship with yeah. them and then we can see, wow, you're struggling. Let me come in right now and, and give you a hand, like care for their needs, take yeah. care of them right then in that moment. So sometimes we don't even recognize the crisis because unfortunately we tend to be quite silent about the muck that's happening in our life. Mm-hmm. So part of it is that when we are struggling, we do actually need to speak up a little bit about the things that are going on in our lives oh. so people can respond because it's easier to respond when you can obviously see there's a crisis. If there's a recent yes. sudden death, if there's a crisis of a health diagnosis, that's a little bit it's easier obvious. to see. And most of us don't miss that. It's just whether you choose to respond in that. But the ones we can't see is where I think we need to be willing to speak up and we need to be discerning to look past what people are putting on the outside. 
So as listeners, we need to have our eyes and ears open to maybe some of those signals that might not be coming out loud and clear. Yeah. And ask some of those maybe deeper questions when we have the moments or when we feel that God's prompting us to engage. Well, when I was at home full time before I started working at the church, I felt like I was doing this endless loop of dumb errands. And there were some days that I was so frustrated and discouraged by this. So Mm -hmm. quite often what I would do is I would leave my house in the day knowing I had to do these number of errands. And I'd say, Lord, can you show me where I can step into someone's life. Can you show me where I can have a bit more of a conversation or where I can help out that this day would be more purposeful than just my dumb round of errands? Mm -hmm. And I was amazed at who would be in the lineup behind me or ahead of me or who would drop their bags and need a hand, just even like two minutes worth of my time. And those little encounters really brought purpose to my day and lifted me up spiritually. And helped you look outside yourself to other people. Yeah. And so that might be something that if you're wondering, well, how can you help? How can you be a light to the people around you? Ask God for opportunities and then be open to them. Yeah. I think it's helpful too, if we are parents, to talk about these things with our kids, to talk about who are the social groups at your school and who is kind of in and who is out and what can we do for the people who are out and how do we engage um, people? How do we be aware of the people who might need an extra hand or might need to be included in the circle? Because it's not natural for any of us and it won't be natural for our kids to do that. So I think the more we can talk about that helps raise their awareness too. Yeah, it's not natural for many of our kids and it's not natural as middle-aged persons. No, <laughs> so no, I imagine it's no. not going to be natural for me as I get older. No. So it's something we need to yeah, engage at all, all, all levels and stages mm-hmm. in our lives. You had an idea of praying with people as they're walking through things. Yeah, so what good. do you... Yeah, recently... There In my life, there are people that phone me or meet with me here face-to-face that have just an endless realm of muck, and they are spewing on this and spewing on that, and their language is spicy, and they're, and I, in my natural self, I just want to roll my eyes, and I want to get off the phone or out of the meeting as fast as possible because it just feels like a lack of purpose spewing. It's just awful, and I just want out. So what I've been, when I feel that in myself, what I've been saying is, okay, to the person, I can't actually do anything for you, but I can pray. So what can I pray with you for? And so I start praying for a few of the things they've listed, and then I'll invite them to pray. Often they don't want to because they're just just in their own muck. So then I'll say, okay, so I'll pray for those things, just short prayer. And then I'll say, what else can I pray for? And they'll say, well, can you pray for my back? And I'll pray briefly for that. What else can I pray for? Well, you can pray for my son. Okay, I'll pray for that. And then what else? And they'll list so a few things. all in one conversation. All in one com- you just and keep going back and forth between and praying forth, and talking. And yeah. And then what's ended up being is even yesterday, there was one situation where I ended up praying for at least 10 minutes. It might have been 15 minutes back and forth, just short little prayers for different aspects of her life. And as we went through this 10 minutes, she became calmer and you could just hear her sigh like, like somebody was listening. Somebody was praying. Somebody, And at the end of the conversation, that's all she needed. She said, I just wanted somebody to listen to me and pray for me. Yeah. But she had no way of asking that because the muck was so much. And I thought maybe that's something we can do more often than we do for people is pray, but then ask what else and then pray and then what else and pray. That super active listening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was really great. And I'm like, okay, I have been doing this recently quite a bit, but I'm continually amazed at how much people are calmed and soothed by prayer. Not by my listening, not by my words, but by prayer. Yeah. And, and so it, those of you who pray, listen to that. Well, and yeah. it's a great active way to care for somebody. Yeah. Because we often say, oh, I'll be praying for you. And it goes nowhere. <laughs> 
and yeah. And you're modeling the right there. The whole day goes by and mm-hmm. I don't know that it popped back in my head again, right? And that's and you feel horrible afterwards yeah. and you wish that you had taken it to the heavenly realm and yeah. given it to the Lord. And right what's, really, what's really interesting about those kinds of prayer sessions, which I've done recently, even with my kids, is sometimes you think in the moment they're never going to stop because they have like this list of things. But eventually the person gets to the point and they say, I think that's <laughs> the bucket. Cu- is empty. That's enough. I think you've covered it all. And then I know that I can stop and they are completely relieved and happy to leave the phone or leave the meeting. Makes me think of that Forrest Gump part where the guy's talking about all the different kinds of shrimp going on and on for days and days. Well, that's... That's the end of it, finally. <laughs> but Bailey, you've told me before, too, that sometimes you have to put a little cap on that. Like if you have a child who's trying to tell you all of these things at 11 o'clock at yes. night, and it's well yeah. past bedtime, yeah. and, and, and you need to get yes. some more things done that night. And yeah. then you need to put say, I really want to hear you. Yes. Let's talk for another five minutes. Yes. And then we're going to need to put an end to this. Yeah. And we'll catch up again tomorrow yeah. afternoon. And I will sort of model. I'll say, let's put it on the... Shelf. shelf. Yeah. It's not the actual shelf, but let's just put it up on the shelf until tomorrow. It's better to pray with your kids like that after dinner or while you're in the car. Bedtime brings up all this muck and they can't process oh, this. Oh, it can so, go on for an hour. And it can go on for an hour. And sometimes it's a manipulative tool and they just oh, want to yes. stay up late. So <laughs> yeah, just watch for that. But with people who have tons of muck, you could try this and see what happens. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. Yeah. I think a practical way to love people who are different, too, if, if this is something you struggle with, is just to find an area to volunteer in mm-hmm. where you engage with those people. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you are struggling to figure out how to mm. engage with Punjabi people, volunteer at our Punjabi Connection here at Northview. Yeah. Like, there's practical ways you can get involved with people if you feel like there's a barrier there. Yes. And so I think look out for those things. That's a good point. Obedience pieces. Cyrus Center, food bank, places yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you can break down some of those barriers that you might see mm-hmm. in your own life that you don't like. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to do that. Yeah. Okay. We want to tie this in to the Netflix 13 Reasons Why show. And mm-hmm. Thalia is going to make the link for us. Why is this a tie-in in this podcast? Well, when I was listening to the sermon, Greg kept saying over and over again, how can we love people, not who can we love? And it really brought up this show, 13 Reasons Why. Mark and I just finished watching all of the episodes, plus there's a half-hour discussion last night. And it really has been going around in my mind because one of the main messages of the Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why, is how can we love those around us better? How can we be kinder? How can we love them more? In this case, the show, if you don't know anything about it, it's about a teenager named Hannah who takes her life by suicide. Does that happen at the last episode or how does yes, it? Yes, you see like, a graphic depiction of the way she commits suicide. Okay. Yes, at the very last show. But before <clears throat> the show even starts, she has already died. Okay. And she has made 13 tape cassettes. You know, the old kind? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. yeah. She has made 13 tape cassettes outlining 13 reasons why she has chosen to take her life. Right. And each tape cassette has sort of one specific person as to why they contributed to her death. <sighs> I know. Horrible. It is. Can you it, oh, anyways. <laughs> and so each person in this 13, each of these 13 people um, have sort of a reason that they could have been more kind, they could have loved her better, and that would have saved her is kind of this message coming through. And we know that we cannot control someone's choice. If they really want to do something, we cannot stop them. But... We know that this is also truth, that we should be more kind. We should love people better. This is the whole biblical message throughout the whole Bible. Yeah. So that's been kind of in my head. We probably should talk a little bit about 
how do we decide if you watch a show like this? Because this is a very tough show to watch. What are, what's some of the content? So there are two graphic depictions of rape. Yeah. Not easy to watch at all. And the graphic depiction of suicide or how she takes her life, very difficult to watch. Um, and it sits in your head. So my daughter, who has just finished first year university, she has been very troubled by this and has had to process this. She watched the show ahead of me. And she said that nobody under 12, grade 12 should watch this. Like, this is tough. And yeah. there's not only uh, sexual assault and suicide, but there's bullying and uh, alcohol use. And there's just really tough things. There's a stalking portion. When I watch that part, I'm like, close all the blinds, close all the blinds. <laughs> so, like, it's tough. It's really tough on our heart. It's tough on our mind. But on the other hand, I don't want to forbid people to watch it because there are some people that probably should watch this. I felt like I was one of those people in this case that should watch it because of what I do for work and also because my kids had already watched it and I wanted to make sure that they were processing this well. Yeah. It is all over the media. And I thought, what is this? Yeah. So you might have seen it on Instagram or on blogs or yeah, on there's right. been lots of people commenting on it, yeah. recommending it cautioning it. Yes. So who would you say you said you should watch it? I felt who like are I the should. people that you think should. So I would probably encourage might be a bit strong of a word because it adds muck into your head. This does not take away muck. This definitely adds muck. But if you are like a youth pastor or a youth leader and you're shepherding teens underneath you, the teens, many of them will have watched this show. You probably should know how to shepherd them by watching this show. And there are discussion questions online, multiple sites. So you can just Google 13 Reasons Why discussion questions, and there's a lot of sites. You're welcome to email me, ts at northview.org, because I think you should have resources in your back pocket. You should know that if somebody is struggling with sexual assault or particularly with suicide, 911, take them to the hospital, mental health, connect with a doctor, connect with a counselor. We have lots of resources. So you shouldn't go in without resources to this kind of a show. Um, as parents. To if a parent, if your teens or kids have already watched this show, you probably should watch the show because you're going to need to help them through it. I, th I think it's not good for your kids to watch it without help. Is so there we a point in ask, a parent? Oh, yeah, no, we should ask as parents if our kids have. We, they could have watched it without us knowing. Yes. Yeah. Is there a point in the parent watching it um, so that they can understand where their teen might be at? Yeah. Yeah. And because or may go through. Yes, because for example, Ava, first year university, the rape parts, the two of them, were really difficult for her as a girl to watch, mm -hmm. and I can understand that they were hard for me to watch, and I'm an adult. So, you know, we need to help kids. This shouldn't be something for young kids. Uh, my friend Adriana Belcher, she's a school counselor here in town at a couple of the elementary schools that are the toughest elementary schools with the toughest issues. And she won't watch it. She said doesn't want to add that muck into her life. She already deals with lots of it. And they at their schools have really discouraged kids and their parents from watching it mm -hmm. because it's adding the muck into their lives. It's The show is really adding suicide as an option. Mm -hmm. And that's all they have to do is add suicide as an option. And then people are like, oh, yeah. It would be easier to be dead than alive. Yeah. And the, the the downside of a show like this is that it makes it feel like it's always somebody else's fault, right? Yeah. If I'm going through t tough stuff, right? And so there's a balance. And sometimes it is somebody else's fault. But where is our personal responsibility in the midst of this to actually seek help, to actually, I don't know, mm -hmm. engage well with church and other people so that we know that we are loved and cared for. And like there's that balance, right? Yeah. If we're going to always see that, 
we're the victims of somebody else, and so then the mm-hmm. only reason, the only way out is to take our life. That's not a healthy message either. No, like and they do talk about there. that, and that discussion at the end is talks about that. You know, there are some. Well, valuable pieces is too strong a word. I, I don't know. There's a lot of value in the show, but um, there, some of those messages to remind ourselves that hurting other people with our words and with our actions right. does that scar is them. Valuable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it reminds us of safeguarding how we speak and respond to people. Yeah. So just to summarize that, you're saying people who are young should not watch this show. No. And if you are older even and you feel like you're working through enough muck already, oh, don't yeah. add to it. No, if don't add vulnerable. to it. Mm-hmm. If you're vulnerable at this point in your life, don't do it. Yeah. But if you are in a position of leadership, especially over teens or young adults, it might be something that's valuable just yeah. so that you know what is out there culturally and yeah. that you can shepherd them through it. Yeah. And you can kind of squint your eyes closed through the toughest scenes. Uh, you know, you don't have to actually have your eyes open, watch the whole thing. Um, like you can find ways to kind of know what the show is about and kind of watch it, but you know, protect yourself. <laughs> for it a little I, bit. I kind of yeah. do a little bit of that in some of the scenes is like, mm. Oh, that, and it sits in your head. So there were some nights where I knew that Mark has been going through tax season and we've been watching this throw for the last few weeks. But there were some nights I said, no, we can't watch this tonight because he has trouble sleeping then after and the he show. Needs and he sleep. needs to get work <laughs> He done. needs to get asleep. So I said, hey, I have to wait till tax season is finished before we can finish the last because about episode nine is when the really tough scenes click in. And so I said, you can't. You, you can't watch that because I can't deal with you the next day if you haven't slept. <laughs> so be mindful of these yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. So if you don't know it and you don't want to watch it, I think still be aware. Like read some blogs on I know the Gospel Coalition just recently put a blog out yeah. uh, about it. Um, so read. Asked it our Between Two Worlds. Yes, and I was going to say, Hashtag. yeah. So okay. we have a youth podcast that uh, Luke and Ron and Anna Lee and others do. And because this is very relevant in their world, obviously they did a podcast on this. Yeah. Um, so listen to that one. It's called Between Two Worlds. I know they're just working at getting it up on iTunes, but it is available through the <laughs> website. So you can see it, hear it that way. But hear what they're saying about it, too. Um, so, yeah, look at resources just so that you're aware, again, culturally of it, something that your teen or your, your son, daughter, granddaughter might be encountering. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the only show. Um, there are a lot of things that you probably should know what your kids are watching or listening yeah. to. So have your eyes and ears open. Ask them frequently, what are your friends listening to? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are your friends saying about this? You know, if you have kids, take time to do that. Yeah, and what are the messages that are on these shows? Yeah. What are the underlying things they're trying yeah. to teach you? Even without yeah. watching this series, people are talking about it, and you can yeah. have a conversation in your van or under table. Yeah. Have you heard about the show? Yeah. If yeah. you read kind enough of, of the articles, you, you don't have to watch the show. It will give you enough sort of spoilers and pieces yeah. that you don't have to watch the show, but you can still have a good conversation about what this is like. And ultimately, how can how could we have cared for someone mm-hmm. like a Hannah mm-hmm. in your world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can we be more loving and more interactive? Yeah. And I would them? encourage you, if you are a Christian, to pray for wisdom and discernment on this issue as to whether you watch it or not and how you discuss it and what kind mm-hmm. of topics you bring up. I would encourage you to have lots of conversation with your kids, with your friends, with your family on the sermons, but also on <laughs> cultural issues that are popping up. Yeah. For sure. So I think that's a good way to end it. We're not going to wrap this up. We don't have a solution, but it's something that we want to always be aware of and talking about. Um, And so hopefully you can use this podcast and the sermon and other places as launching off points in your own family, in your own, yeah, dinner tables, or just with your friends as to how we can love people better. Yeah. So why don't we just pray to that end? Yeah. You're going to pray, Chris? Sure. I'll do that. Yeah. 
Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that every time we are in it, it convicts us and it challenges us. And so, Lord, we pray that this sermon that we listen to and the conversation since, um, even if it brings up places where we feel guilty or convicted of past behavior, that you will help us remember that our sins are covered by your blood and that you died for us and that you give us an opportunity to walk in newness of life and in forgiveness with you and um, to reconcile with other people. So we pray that we would take advantage of that and that we would walk in freedom. But Lord, I pray also that as we grow, that you continually um, change our hearts, uh, that you'd fill us with your spirit more and more so that we can become the kind of people that you want us to be, that we can love our neighbors like ourselves and love you with all our whole heart and mind and soul and strength. So Lord, we thank you that you're in the process of transforming each of us and we pray that you would just continue your work in us and the listeners that are that are listening to this this morning. So Lord, we thank you uh, just for your sovereignty over our lives and your providence in it and pray your blessing and your guidance on each of our lives. Amen. 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 Amen.